This is Sunday, April 24th. I am Ronaldo McKenzie, and welcome to another episode of the Neoliberal Round podcast. Today, I sat down with Professor Emeritus, Dr. Martin Oppenheimer, distinguished sociologist, scholar, writer, and academic. Today, I sat down with Professor Emeritus, Dr. Martin Oppenheimer, and we discussed intersectionality, Unions and social movement organizations with young people now leading the charge, such as Amazon and Starbucks. Yet unions are still weak. We talked about fascism. We talked about the state of modern society and the future of society based on what's happening today with the Russian war and COVID. We talked about post-colonialism, dependence and underdevelopment, dependent capitalism, which is dependent development. Donald Trump. Joe Biden, and the, and the problem elections pose to progress and change. We talked about his life, his work, and thought for the future. We explored books such as Social Inequality, Economic Decline, and Plutocracy, An American Crisis by Dale L. Johnson. We explored the social origins of democratic socialism in Jamaica by Nelson and Novella Keith, James D. Cockcroft, and Andre Gunder, Frank, and Dale Johnson's book. And we also looked at imperialism and unequal development by Samir Amin. We looked at how to read Donald Duck by Ariel Doffman, which is about cultural imperialism. I hope that you are ready to listen to the amazing time that I had with Professor Emeritus Dr. Martin Oppenheimer, distinguished sociologist, scholar, writer, academic, my mentor, and yes, my former head of my thesis. So we are, I am, we are so happy at the Neoliberal to be able to land this interview. We sat down with him in, uh, at his home, one of his homes there in, uh, in, in, in New Jersey, in Princeton, New Jersey, or should I say near Rocky Hill, New Jersey, or Franklin Township, New Jersey, and it was very revealing. So join us for this interview on the other side, right after these messages. Afternoon. I'm here with my professor and mentor and influence in my life, Professor Martin Oppenheimer. This is the guy that I met when I was at Penn who taught me a lot of what I know as very influential figure in my life. I'm here in, uh, with him at his home, Professor Emeritus, Dr. Martin Oppenheimer. How are you? <laughs> we are talking about me and all things. 
<laughs> and we're on my podcast. You're actually on the podcast. I, I, I'm being dragooned into this podcast <laughs> by my old pal. Yes, yes, Ronaldo, yes. Definitely. Who I have not seen for uh, at least 10 years. Yes, it's been quite a long time. Probably, yes, is it 10 years? Yes, it's been 10 years. I, I st- I, well, I, I stopped teaching there at the end of the fall semester in 2012. Yes, right, right. And I graduated <laughs> in 2013 from Penn, University of Penn. And um, I know you wrote the, the Hate Handbook. I just saw that you wrote the Hate Handbook. Oh, the Hate Handbook, yes, yeah. Yes. Well, that was before that. Oh, is it? was it that? I, I think that was, uh, what's the... Uh, that was 2008, I think. Oh, I oh, I didn't yeah. know. Unless they did another, unless they did another um, publication, because I, um, I actually I was looking for you online to see what new publication you had, and that came up. It looked like it was probably revised, um, with you as the editor. I'm, uh-huh. I'm not sure. We're gonna have to check that out. But you also wrote the state of modern society. Oh, that's an old one. Yes, yes, yes. The state and modern society. I have a copy of that, the, yeah. the, the one that, the edited one, the one that you were still editing. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, well, I've written uh, a bunch of other things since that time, but not, uh-huh. not a book. Articles and book reviews. Yes, yes, mostly. yes, yes. Ah, okay. And I know you, um, you read my book as well. I actually gave you a copy of it. Did yeah, you like it? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm familiar with the yes. material by now. Yes, I've seen a number of earlier That's true. versions. A lot of it is yes, it, it's part of some of the work I've done, and I'm working on a new book now: Power, Privilege, Position, and Status. That sounds and very interesting. It is a powerful book, and I'm studying. But and I and I start this particular new book by studying historical literature, looking at Homer, Herodotus, the Hesiod, Theogony, those kind of works. Looking at Anselm, Saint Augustine, Mesopotamia. Looking at those, the documents, and looking at the archives, and um, and so on. So that's what I'm doing now as I develop this particular book. Good. <laughs> yes. Good. But tell me, what have you been up to lately? Well, that's what I've been up to lately, writing <laughs> a few articles here and there, yes. and a few book reviews. Uh, trying to think of the last, the last one I did was actually um, one that's right in your field. Ah, what's that um, let me see if I can put my hands on it. Yes. Uh, this is this is this is this is basically your shelf. Oh yes, I am taking all those books. Oh, I'm... no, not all. <laughs> <laughs> not all of them. Um, yes. I'm trying to see where. Um, it, it might be somewhere else. I I don't I don't see it here. Ah, but that, what was it about? Uh, this is this is a book by by Dale Johnson. Dale Johnson, who, yes. Who uh, was a he he died a couple of years ago. Right. Um, and a, a dear friend of mine, actually. <clears throat> yes. And uh, he was uh, a colleague at, at Rutgers University. Ah, and I know you were at Rutgers for a while. Did uh, thirty thirty some odd years. Ooh, wow. I think it's over here. Oh, here, here, uh, yes, yes. Oh, yes. nice. This, social. This, this is it. Ah, uh, social inequality, economic decline, and plutocracy. It's is this, a, it's is this my copy? <laughs> yeah, you can, yes, you can. Yes, yes. Yeah, this is 
Social Inequality, Economic Decline and Petocracy, an American Crisis by Dale L. Johnson. It is not autographed. Uh, No, it's not autographed because it's a review copy that that the the publisher sent sent Ah. to me. And... uh, so I have you have, oh have you written, written a, the review of my book as yet? You should publish no, a review. No. <laughs> Not yet. Yes, yes. Not yet. Um, but you know, Dale, uh, um, his his specialty was he's a Latin Americanist. Okay. And he lived in Chile mm-hmm. for a long time. Uh, anyway. And here's that's, a, that's my latest review. Critical political theory and radical. and a radical. Title. Absolutely terrible. Title. <laughs> yes. Why, why, why they did that? Yes. But, but you know, there's been a lot of talk about critical race theory and what they're doing in Florida. And here is this book, critical political theory. I guess they would not want to publish this. I <laughs> would not really? want to share this book. In the co- because actually it's for community colleges they're saying that college you cannot actually so Dale Johnson is a retired sociologist living in Costa Rica and professor emeritus of sociology at Rutgers University. The book was inspired by his view of the deteriorating situation in the United States and his roots as a 1960 student activist and young critical sociologist. He is the author of seven books and the numerous articles in journals. Okay, this is nice. I'm uh, gonna, looking forward to I reading it. a couple it. of the, uh, a number of his other books as well here. Ah. He, he, he also edited some very important early stuff on uh, yes. de- dependent development. Yes, dependent. dependency de- dependency theory. Okay. Yeah. And uh, he and, and another good friend of mine, Jim Cockcroft. Yes. Who is an expert on Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they they work together on this, and, and there's some very very well known names. And he was one of your students, right? No, he's my colleague. Colleague, okay. He's my colleague. He taught me. I didn't, <laughs> I, I didn't teach him. If you see my the book that I wrote, I talk about an dependent capitalism, because I believe that a lot of the Caribbean islands, when they got their independence in the sixties, it was what they negotiated was an independence that was more de- was, was more dependent capitalism. And he talks a lot about that. That's, a, that's exactly right, yeah. Ah. De- the dependency theory. The, uh, it's the, the, the phrase that I loved yes. to describe, you know, what happened in so-called third world countries. Yes. Not, yes. not called that anymore. Not anymore. They say global south. Yeah, the global south. <laughs> it, it, it's called the devel- <clears throat> It's called... The development of underdevelopment. Say that again? The development of underdevelopment. Ooh, the development of underdevelopment, yes. In other words, these these countries, Jamaica included, they're not underdeveloped. No. They're developed in a certain kind of way. Ah. In a a dependent kind of way. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. That is true. That is true. We call them also, nowadays they're called the post-colonial countries yes right? yes yes so so that's the that's the theme ah. of a lot of his work this ah. this work is actually more about the united states right right and uh <clears throat> i have some criticisms of it but you know, <laughs> yeah. there's my dog ah, hello hi how are you hi how are you good to meet you a former sh- I'm a mentee, a protege of this great man. This great, I even wrote a book, 
many of my thoughts and ideas influenced by this great gentleman oh, here. <laughs> and you are? I'm here now. A daughter? Or wife. wife. I am so awful. I've never met you. No, I know. Well, but you know what? It's a compliment because you, you are young you. and. <laughs> 18 years younger. 18, yes. And oh. You're, and you're also being recorded right now. You are being recorded. Right. It's, gonna, it's a podcast. It's a podcast. I'm going to share it with the world. It even looks like an old time cassette. Yes, you know, and the podcast, which is that old. This old and it's an audio podcast. It's not yeah, you. You can sure. yes. Yeah, so I like that. Radio is coming back, but it's in it's in podcast. <laughs> so are we talking about all things? What's going on with him? Catching up about what I'm doing. Great. Yes, yes, Great. yes, I'm yes. He, I'm see. telling I you, man. Um, dog to terrorize. <laughs> that's good. He's I'm nice. Introducing him. Thank you so much. Yeah, good well, to see you. Your time. Yeah, man. This is my guy, man. I tell you, <laughs> a great person who has um the who has contributed significantly. To, to thought and to academia. And you know, when you have an opportunity to sit down and prick his ba- brain and to also, he doesn't like to be in the spotlight, just so you know. <laughs> he does not like to be in the spotlight. But, um, but when you get a chance to, where you could journal him, you have to because in the future, you have it, we have posterity. We have something on record with this great gentleman. <laughs> he doesn't think he has done. He has, he has done. Yes, thank you so much. <laughs> See you later. See you later. <laughs> See you around cocktail time. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so you so what so now you're retired, are you still doing any work at, at, at Rutgers? No, no. I haven't set foot at Rutgers for well, of course since since the plague. Oh <laughs> I, I don't don't get I don't don't get out anymore. Yes, I, yes, I, yes. I, 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 from from the old Phil Oaks song. I ain't marching anymore. <laughs> and he he was referring to the Vietnam War. Oh, yes. And now yes. I'm referring to I'm, I, my age. Yes. So I ain't, ain't marching anymore. <laughs> I don't go to demonstrations. Right, right, right. Often. I did go recently down to a, a, a Starbucks not far from here, maybe. Yes, maybe, yes. Uh, near Pennington. Ah. And, uh, you know, the Starbucks workers are organizing all over the place yes and and uh, some of my dsa oh, comrades mm-hmm. uh, were there oh, to nice. show their support yes for the workers that is starbucks workers and uh we had so uh, it's not really a sit-in but we yeah. sort of all got together and had coffee there and when we went up to get our coffee we extended our greetings and our solidarity and our feelings that uh, wishings for good luck and so right, on. Right, right. We all good. had our St- Starbucks uh, union buttons on and so on. It was very, <laughs> very nice. But about a te- about a do- dozen people, all youngsters, compared to me. Yes. And even you. Yes, and yes, these, yes. These are people typically in their twenties, uh, mid twenties. Yes, yes, that say. is true. Mid, but you mid, see, mid twenties to thirty. Ah. You see what's going even yesterday I actually was watching the news and I saw there's an issue going on with uh we talk about deunionization and the issue about deunionization we used, we were talking about it back in 2012 2011 talking looking at deunionization um as we talk think about neoliberal globalization um and um but you see what's going on with uh many of these companies um Amazon the young people are organizing, they're demanding for you because unions were kind of dying out. It's as if the people, 
Well, they're still uh, they're still very weak. They're yes. Still extremely weak, and they're they're still, in terms of their uh, union density, their proportion yeah. of workers in the, in the in the economy. Yes. Uh, it's still down. Yes, still that down. is true. That is true. And, and you know, you organize. Starbucks shop. What are you do- talking about? You're talking about ten people. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. people. Right. And uh, that's not going to do it. Yeah. It's got to be. They would have to be all over the country. Yes, yes. And yes, Amazon yes. would have to be all over the country. Yes, not yes. To, not, they, of course, they are an Amazon warehouse. That's a couple of thousand people. Yes. That's a little bit more significant. Mm-hmm. And they could really put. The wrench and the machinery. I'm telling you, I was watching it and I read a report. It's been, I saw thousands of, and it's the thing is, it's different Amazon warehouses and stores are actually the, the young people are coming together and demanding change, demanding to be represented. You know, if the NBA can have players unions and many of these wealthy corporations, wealthy um, institutions like the NBA, basketball, yeah. um, sports, sports. They have unions and they make a lot of money, but you notice people who work pittance—they—they as if they can't organize. <laughs> well, it's, it's going to be difficult for a long time. Yes, yes. I mean, the, the law—the law is not sympathetic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the current yeah. administration is sympathetic, and yeah, the, yeah. the current National Labor Relations Board is sympathetic yes but that can change in two years yeah four years <laughs> that can all be reversed yeah and that's the problem that, that you, you know when the election when you have an election and the new party goes in power then whatever you do four years ago becomes that you create well, new policies which which simply means <laughs> that you can't depend on that you have to yep. only depend on yourselves that on, is true on themselves yes 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 anyway i I keep, you know, I wrote, uh, I published a book in 1985 called White Collar Politics mm. with Monthly Review Press. And I'm looking at, at some of the stuff I wrote then. And there's a chapter there on um, uh, the proletarianization of the professional. Ah, okay. You know, explain in, to in more. In which I talk about the. Early, early strivings of unionization uh, among white-collar workers, mm-hmm. up, you know, upper-level yes. uh, professional, even doctors, right, n- nurses, and so on, in, in the early days, in those in the eighties, mm-hmm. and all the stuff I wrote back then, I'm thinking, gee, I I, I predicted this. <laughs> I, I said this is going to yes, happen. Yes, this, yes, this yes, is yes, yes. Yeah. It definitely. And, and there's a chapter uh, called The Hidden Proletariat, mm-hmm. which is about women office workers. Yes. And yes. at that time, the only women office workers that were really organized in unions was was a union called 925. Nine, <laughs> oh, 925. Wow. 25. A local 925 of the, whatever it was, Service Employees yes, International yes. Union. Ah. Nine to Five was also the name of a movie. Oh yes, that, that, yes. With, that that movie sounds yeah, familiar. With, with Jane Fonda mm-hmm. and a couple of other people. Very, <laughs> a really great movie. I think she was in it. Pretty sure. Anyway, so in that chapter, I I basically 
for, foretold how, that this this is this yeah. group of workers, women office workers, you know, clerical workers. This this was going to get more and more organized. Yes, yes, yes. So now now we have this weird expression intersectionality. You know, whatever <laughs> yes. the hell that means. Mm-hmm. But that chapter is about intersectionality because yes. it's about women yes. and workers ah. as they are interlinked. Right. It's not just about workers. It's not just about women. Right. It's about women workers. Ah. It's a special situation. Yes, yes, yes. That's that's what they now call intersectionality. Ah. Throw in race and you go, you know, black women workers oh. in whatever field yes that's intersectionality right 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 that's, mm-hmm. that's the whole that's the whole ball game yes so where do you intervene mm. do you intervene on the women side on the or gender on end <laughs> on the race, race end or on the class end yes and that is the problem that is the problem you know i actually I didn't even realize that you had written a book about that. And recently I wrote a paper, published a paper that talks about the problem of change is that depending on who you are as an individual, it will affect your the position that you take. But say, for example, you have women who are fighting for gender equality. But then what about what if how do you when you put through race in the mix? What about um, black women or white women who are also fighting Everybody takes a particular side, and if we are if we are not as united, then that's a problem because you have the issue of race, but you have the issue of gender as well, and then you have the issue of the working class. All of those issues come together, but if we are able to come together on all of those issues, or just discriminate instead of calling it, instead of talk lifting up various issues, and probably that's a, that's why change is so difficult because we have it's so categorized, you know. Mm-hmm. The problem of unity is, is yeah, is difficult. Well, for for years, yeah. Well, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> it, it's, it's too complicated. To get it is right complicated, now. and I think, and we talk about change is complication. I mean, society needs complication because it's difficult for you to sh- sort through the complication. And when society is complex, then change is not easy. Exactly. <laughs> and an intersectionality. You know, when you start to study this issue of intersectionality, you could see how difficult, how complex and cumbersome some of these issues are and so on. I think the term was only invented in 1984. Ah. I read, read about it recently. Yes, yes. And and when it first recently, only recently became kind of popularized yes. right, in right, certain right. circles. And uh, I'm looking at it. As a sociologist, I'm, ah. I'm thinking, didn't I teach something like that in introductory sociology? It's yeah. called role diffuseness. Oh. Be- because people do play more than one role in society. Yes. In society, they yes. They are, you know, <laughs> male citizens, mm-hmm. members of a religious or yes. group. Uh, Union members. Union members. Yes, they're, they are, they are, they play many, many roles. Yes, yes, yes. And, and, and those roles come into conflict. That is so uh, true. Uh, that often, is so true. Because, say, for example, you find, say, for example, women 
who are fighting for gender equality, but then you have other women who are fighting not only for gender equality, but just for equality as, a, as black women, but as, with, for Caucasian women, they are fighting for gender equality. Black women are fighting for not just gender equality, but equality. <laughs> yeah, and there is this clash. There's no, and, and, and then there's no unity. As if, okay, why not all the subjugated groups come together and fight for just equality? Well, more, more recently, <laughs> I think people, in, in recent years, uh, people are, are, are aware of that, but for, yes. for generations, right. uh, uh, going all the way back to abolitionism. Yes, 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 uh, yes. That was a that was a white movement. Yes, <laughs> and, and blacks were really. Oh, what I'm really thinking of is suff- women's suffrage. Suffrage, sorry, right? yes. Mm-hmm. Women's suffrage is for white women. Like, right, right. And, 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 you know, they they were not interested in black women's suffrage. And yes, yes, and yes. They yes. said, you know, let's prioritize <laughs> this way. Yes. And the black women, also, of course, said. But we we want we want to we want to vote too, you know. Yes, what's yes, going on yes, here? yes, yes, yes. So right. That so took a long time. That is quite a long time to overcome. That yes, problem. yeah. Mm-hmm. That is true. Anyway, I'm going to give you some more books. Yes. So this is great. I'm here talking with uh, Martin Oppenheimer, someone who I am very deeply indebted to. And um, he actually also worked at Lincoln as a professor, head of department once before. As he was telling me, and um, that many years ago, and of course, you've been several schools you've worked with. Oh, before before records. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, it's an interesting story, actually. Um, we can end with this story. My my my, it's a it's a long story. <laughs> oh yes, I'll make, we, it, I'll make it short, right? All right, fine. Uh, <laughs> yes. I happen to be teaching at Vassar College of all places. Ah. In nineteen, I guess, it was nineteen. 66 before I was like born, that. guys. Before you were born, <laughs> yes. right. Yeah, really. And and uh, and the uh, president of of uh, Lincoln University hunted me down. I don't know mm. exactly how. I think I think because the provost at Lincoln University was a was a very fine gentleman named Charles Hamilton. Yes. Chuck Hamilton. He's very well known. Went mm. on to. Do bigger and better, better things, ah. and he must have run across some, something that I wrote. Oh right? yes, yes. Because I'd written something about the civil rights movement and the mm. Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee in, in 1960. Ah. That was my dissertation. Was yes. SNCC, right? So he, uh, anyhow, so the president of Lincoln University, a white man uh, named Marvin Walkman reached out, reached out, I hate that expression, reached out to me. He picked up the phone and called me, and he said, uh, Marty, I want you to come down to Lincoln University. Yes. To, uh, to you know, join the department. Mm-hmm. And uh, at Vassar, this was 1968, actually. Yes, 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 yes. All hell was breaking loose, you know. Big, big, <laughs> yes. Big explosions in many campuses at the time, including at Vassar. Yes. And uh, we had a department at Vassar of literally four people, mm. including one anthropologist and one social worker. Okay. And one other guy and me. So I went to the, uh, the president of uh, Vassar College, a historian. I said, uh, 
forgotten, forgotten his name, said, look, we need more resources yes. in this department. Ah. You know, I've had this very interesting offer from Lincoln, but if you, know, if you build out this department, that would be cool. Mm. Uh, and he said, famous words, I wish you well, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> in other words, I ran up the flag and he didn't salute. Oh! <laughs> So I ran down the flag and and, and took off. Yes, so yes, yes. With my, with my then wife. Yes. And baby. Why? And, uh, and and I was there for two years. I realized, of course, 1968. Yes. Um, there was, we were a department of th- three, four people. Mm. Myself, an elderly gentleman who was had been there for since. The Middle Ages, yes. practically, uh, a, a, a community organizer, social worker guy, and an anthropologist. Ah. Uh, the older guy was the chairman of the department, mm-hmm. a, a black guy. Yes. And he was kind of, you know, getting really over the hill. Yes. <laughs> In between my first and second year there, he died. Oh, wow. So I became the chairman of the department. Now I realized immediately, or I had realized it from the beginning, that this is no place for a white department chairman. Yes, yes. So I went out and recruited my replacement, including, and then also an assistant professor, the woman Uh I was mentioning before. Yes, yes. I've forgotten the name of the guy. (laughs) He came, everything was cool, so we left. Mm. So then I thought, where am I going to go? Uh, I, at that time, the thing to do for left-wingers like me was to go to a, a proletarian state university. Yes, yes. So, luckily, I stumbled into the, a job at Lincoln, at Livingston College, mm. Rutgers University. Yes. Which was just then only two years old. Oh. A new college. Yeah. Specifically for underserved, as we call it nowadays, underserved students, especially black students. Right. Although black students were never more than 20%. Right. There at Rutgers College at that that time, they were only like 2%. 2%, okay. (laughs) So this this was then immediately tagged as, that's the black college. Right, right. You don't want to go there, that's the black college. (laughs) Which it wasn't. You know, it was was only about 20%. Right. Very interesting black faculty, including Imamu Baraka, was briefly on the faculty before they fired him. Yes. Uh, And and so that became my home Mm. for 30 years. Wow. Wow, wow. And that's great. And um, and then you went to Penn, and you influenced other people there. Well, that was after I retired from uh, Rutgers. From Rutgers, okay, I, I got nice, this nice, nice. Part time gig at Penn, which I enjoyed immensely. Immense, yes. <laughs> you know, evening. That college. evening, for, yes, and that's when Adults, I'm. I'm mm-hmm. Serious people. Serious people, and <laughs> most of whom are working. Yes. Working people. Yes, yes. Yes, I enjoyed it immensely. Ah. So then, um, so as you look to, as we wrap up, um, 
with what's going on in the world, with Russia, with um, what's going on with the elections and Florida trying to remove critical theory. What is your, as we wrap up, what's your oath? What are your position on all things that we look at, as we look to the future and what's going on now? I, I think things like, I, I, I feel very, very pessimistic yes. at the moment. Yes. Especially about the war. <clears throat> yeah. On and on, more and more people getting killed. Um, and, uh, I, you know, this, this, this is just so tragic. Yes, yes. That's tragic anywhere, but uh, in, in a way, it happening in, in, in Europe where one thought this would never happen again. Yeah, yes. <laughs> uh, wow. So, I mean, uh, yeah. That, that's grim. And then, and then we still have the plague to deal with. Yes. And then the right wing, of course, in the United States, yes. as in other countries, is is growing immensely. Mm-hmm. That's very that's very frightening. It is. I I have been writing a lot about fascism. Yes. Uh, I don't see this as fascism right. actually, although there are elements elements of it of mm-hmm. fascism. Right. In it, but but as somebody recently wrote. Uh, to call Donald Trump a fascist is an insult to fascism. <laughs> because fascism yes. is far more sophisticated than that. Oh, oh yes, yes. Far more, they have much deeper vision of yes, yes. how trans- society can be transformed. Right, not right, necessarily right. necessarily in a good way, yes. but a vision. Right, and right. Donald Trump's only vision, and, and most of the autocrats around the world their only vision is grabbing, grabbing a piece of the action yes, for themselves. For themselves, and that is true. Glory and money. Glory and money. You're right. You're right. Thank you so much. We uh, thank you so much for joining me on this show, the Neoliberal Round Podcast. And um, and please, guys, for those of us who are joining us, send us your feedback and share this show with your friends. And please support the show at https colon forward slash forward slash anchor.fm slash the neoliberal slash support. Have a great day and take care. That was Professor Emeritus Dr. Martin Oppenheimer, and uh, we are so gracious, and I was so gracious and humbled to have been able to have the opportunity to interview this scholarly gentleman with a lot of knowledge. And um, after we co- we ended the interview, he we we continued to explore other books and uh, and e- explore other things, and um, and I was able to catch some of it for you, and it is called after the interview. So. Thank you so much for listening to the Neoliberal Round podcast. And you can continue to listen to us because at the end of this, right after I conclude this, then you will actually have a chance to hear some 11 minutes of Dr. Martin Oppenheimer sharing some more about various things and various books and, and, um, and dropping knowledge. So, um, so thank you so much. And we invite you to support this program https colon forward slash forward slash the neoliberal sorry forward slash forward slash anchor dot fm 
slash, which is forward slash, the neoliberal slash support. And actually, he chided me, Dr. Um, Oppenheimer chided me saying, hey, chided me saying, they didn't hear that. You need to say it slower. So I actually am repeating myself here so that those of us who don't hear it can hear it again. This is the neoliberal corporation serving the world today to solve tomorrow's, tomorrow's challenges. And listen, listen at the end of this for more, for more with Dr. Martin Oppenheimer. How to read Donald Duck by Dorman. Ah, oh, uh, Ariel Dorf, Dorfman. Dorfman. Is a Chilean. His this book was burned oh. under the Pinochet regime. Oh, that same book about how to that read same, Donald that Duck. Same book, yeah. How to read Donald Duck? Wow, but it's about cultural imperialism, so definitely yeah. I could just yeah. imagine how it creates yeah. a problem. Oh, nice, nice. This is, this oh, this is this. Um, that book, wait, intermi- what? You Who know, wrote this book? My students. Oh, yeah. wow. It says the social origins of democratic socialism in Jamaica. I thought you knew about this book. I have never seen that book before at really? all. And that's quite, and I just wrote a book that looks at social democratic, um, democratic socialism in Jamaica. But um, is it's it? quite interesting. No kidding. Is it new? No. Where, where is it? Where's the copyright thing? The Temple University Press. Oh, Temple. Oh, Temple. Okay. So the public. So she went to Temple University. 1992. Ah. Uh, and it's by. Uh, you know. A, a, a man and wife. Nelson. Oh, yeah. Actually, Nelson yes. I know this book. Novella. I know this book. I know the book. While I was at Penn, yes, I actually did some readings in this book for my I, book. I, I probably referred. Yes, to you did to refer me to this book. Have. Yes. Nelson is is a Jamaican. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're both Jamaican. Right. He's black. She's white. Ah. He teaches someplace in Pennsylvania. Nelson Keith. And both of them are professors. Some, somewhere Keith. in Pennsylvania, in ah. two different colleges. I gotta seek them out. I gotta interview them. They might I might be retired by now. Probably, yes. But you can certainly have this. Yes, because this book is necessary. Because I teach a course in Jamaica, but in pro bono, I don't really get paid for it. It's called Caribbean Thought. Uh huh. Yes, and Caribbean Perspective. We look at Caribbean Perspectives, and I don't know how many the class, the course that I taught, another professor taught it called Doctor uh, Garnet Roper, who was the president for the seminary that I the seminar but this book was not on the curriculum and that's the problem a lot you know this caribbean th- oh clr james a history of pan-african revolt you can't have that oh yes yes i will get that copy of that one history of pan-african revolt well his, his classic i have here also somewhere ah. uh, where is it so you said you are 91 but so so i know so i have to get myself a wife <laughs> I'm still single. Yes. I have to get my because you Somebody. said you're 91 years old, and I'm just so impressed. And um, you said that a loving wife keeps you healthy, keeps you fit and alive. Yeah, That's yeah, good. Yeah. And you look good. Yes, you look Where good. Because my copy of uh, CLR James, uh, the one about what is it called? Jacob. The word Jacobins. Ah. Um, the classic one about 
I know which the, one. You... Uh, the, the, the revolutions um, in, in Hispaniola. Yes, and I know which one you're talking about. Uh, um, let me see. Is my copy of that? It should be here. My my copy is falling apart. I had to tape it up. Uh, let me see. Sheila James. Let me see what book that one is called. Let me bring it up here. Um, seriously, we have Sheila James. Um, open. Um, the days in paradise, but the black Jacobins. Yes. The black Jacobins. Yes. That's the one. Ah. And they even wrote a book about cricket beyond a boundary. <laughs> Oh, the Black Jacobins. Oh, nice, nice, nice. That's the book, right? So you see, you that that is his famous book, the Dominican Revolution, Domingo, Santo Domingo Revolution. It's it's the equivalent of Leon Trotsky's history of the Russian Revolution. Ah. Hmm. Uh, you want? You want a book about fascism? Yes, 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 definitely. Let me pick my fascism in Spain. Nope. Um, the syndicate in traditional Italian fascism. Peron and the enigmas. Italian fascism. Fascism in Spain. The voice of my blood cries out by Khan, German, and Jews. Jews against Hitler. Are you, are you ready for... The coming of the Third Reich. That's, that's before. Ah. Uh, Quite no, well, history is important. Totalitarian, the origin of totalitarianism. Well, that, that's Hannah Arendt. Oh. Yeah. Yes, that one I'll, I'll probably grab a hold of and read it through as I study power and totalitarianism, looking at Russia, China. <laughs> yes. What's this one? Oh. Wilhelm Reich. Mm. The mass psychology of fascism. The mass psychology of um, fascism. Which which one might be interesting for you? Yes, as I study power, privilege, status, position. This this would be the one, but I need I need to keep this one. What's the it called? Anatomy of fascism. Well, it's let me very... well, let me come let me take it and then bring it back. <laughs> I'll bring it back, definitely. No, okay. you won't. I never, <laughs> I never, I never get books back. That's, that's I, true. When, yeah. That's true. You're right. So I'd probably just add it um, when I go online, purchase it later on. Uh, you have an amazing bookshelf. It's just everything you need if you're writing about power, uh, privilege, status, and position uh, in, in human society. I mean, <laughs> but I come visit and grab one. This is, but this is enough. This is uh, um, uh, about twenty-five percent. Fewer books yes. than before we, we moved here from, from prison. Ah. Uh, I'm going to look at a couple of other things here for you. Yes. Uh, well, here's one. This is a nice history book. And then also Dark has, Continent, Europe's 20th century by Mark Mozor. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, nice. It's perfect. It's got... Uh, democracy transformed the social contract in crisis it goes all the way down to wow sharks and dolphins the collapse of communism <laughs> Hitler's new order the crisis of capitalism you get, you get all the whole picture perfect right yes there. I need this is perfect 
this is this is good all right so when i come back i'll probably see what else i need to add to my to my um as i study my I get ready for two yes i'm gonna put these in shortly Off a couple. Immigration, spatial African and American employment. Mm-hmm. Comparative analysis of, of immigrants and African Americans. Yeah, about, about two weeks from now, mm. I'm going to want this book. Yes, well, I'm quite, <laughs> yes, well, I'll read it through and through. Immigration and opportunity, race, ethnicity, and employment in the United States. This is good. This is perfect. Are you interested in baseball? Uh, yes, I'm interested in all things. I'm very interdisciplinary. I, I think this might be in Spanish. No. Oh, English. <laughs> no, you, no, I, I, I want to keep this. All right, no problem. That's by Jim Carcroft and, and the other ones. Oh, that's one of the guys that wrote the book with uh, Dale. Yeah. Hispanics in the U.S. economy. Well, okay. Uh, nice. Anti-immigrant, yes. We don't want any more. <laughs> I want to, you know, I read all things because um, it's good to have a different perspective, even if it's anti something and I'm for it. I still want to read it to see how they think, what makes them think, what is their argument, the logic behind their position. Yeah, well, uh, the eclipse of the community. Those are very old. Old books, yes. Um, these are all classic sociology stuff. Mm. Good. Community studies and so on. Okay, that'll, that, that'll, yes. that'll keep you out of trouble for <laughs> a little while. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, the making of black revolution. Quite in, this is interesting. By a oh, new forward by Julian Bond. Foreman. Foreman. James Foreman was, was a leader of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. Yes. And, and then also he hooked up in Detroit with the League of Revolutionary Black Workers. Right. And this is as close to a really thoughtful mm. uh, intellectual history of that period right. by a participant Yes. Died, unfortunately. Ah. Too soon. James Foreman? Yeah. Ah. What happened? Illnesses. <laughs> yes. Ah. Don't worry, the police, he was not shot by the police. <laughs> yes. <laughs>